Welcome everybody to the Die As Pet. Die as pet. <laughs> Die as past. <laughs> Die as pet cast. Die. Okay, it's been it's been too long since we've <laughs> done Die something. As the Die as past. <laughs> oh, that was good. Die as yeah. pet. Great cast. start. Now, Five now words into it. <laughs> Yeah, Griffin will definitely keep that if I let him edit this. Yeah. Uh, Kevin was earlier in the bathroom staring at himself in the mirror saying, Dias Cast Podcast, Dias Cast Podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Dias Cast Podcast. <laughs> this is our next table talk, and tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be, uh, instead of talking about some, you know, deep, meaningful, relevant social issues <laughs> in the, oh, in the D&D world, we are going to do a quick walkthrough and cursory review of Cobalt Press's brand new, well, I don't know when this is coming out, relatively new <laughs> book, The Campaign Builder, Cities and Towns. If you haven't heard about it or seen it, go to the Cobalt Press website, uh, it will be featured either on the front page or in their store. Oh, I should also mention that accompanying this table talk, I'm going to stick uh, on our website, dieascast.com. Uh, I'll be sticking in my DM blog the links to all of the things that we're going to be talking about, including the campaign builder, Cities and Towns. That is so, so generous of you, Kevin. Thank you so much for sticking it there, Kevin. Well... <laughs> If I've That's had a dollar for every time I've had a woman say that to me. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Griffin's not here. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, he'll probably take that out now. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is I have with me today Diego and Emma, and they are not wearing... Their what? character hats. <laughs> oh. oh. I thought you were going to out us for not wearing any clothes in front of the camera. Yeah, just give me a sec. I just got to put my pants back on. One sec. <laughs> if I had a dollar. <laughs> okay, I okay. say that. Uh, today, you know, they're not wearing their, their wooden hats. They're, they're not wearing their antler hats. They are here as themselves. So uh, just introduce yourselves as people, not even as characters. Diego. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Diego Stradle. I play Chisk in the podcast. If you haven't, if you don't know who that is, go back and listen to episode one through 40, whatever, or 50, or wherever we are now. <laughs> <laughs> go back to listen to the past episodes. All of them. And yeah. Emma. Hello, I'm Emma. Do I, we say our last names? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I is it a secret? It's on in the description. So <laughs> Oh, okay. It's Hello. In the description <laughs> and, and and the website. But other than that, yes, it's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Okay. So I am Emma B and Ooh. um I play Ilex in the podcast <laughs> and I play Emma today. Excellent. And okay, who are you, so mysterious voice? Oh, mysterious voice. <laughs> I am Kevin C. And I am Dang it, did I say Dan my last name? I don't, no, I don't remember. <laughs> and uh, I'm the DM for the Dias Cast podcast. So if you are uh, unfamiliar with the Dias Cast, then please go find us on the various social medias and listen through the first 40 or 50 episodes. It should only take you a week or so solid. Then you can come back to this <laughs> and truly appreciate the multi-mutual minutia levels of, of cleverness. <laughs> so what I thought we would do today in reviewing this book, we're not going to give sort of the standard uh, YouTube-type review, walk, paw through it, and show off things. I thought that would be too useful. What <laughs> I wanted to do instead is double up on the time and use this time to help uh, no, and use this time to get you guys to help me do some of the DMing. Oh, I so, see. Oh, I see. Just farming out, farming out the work. <laughs> yeah. See, for Diego, it's a privilege. For Emma, it's a chore. And we just know that <laughs> <Sure>. right now. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm with you, Emma. Never mind. I'd never with Kevin. 
<laughs> All right. So we're going to use the campaign builder cities and towns to build a town. I, I've gathered some notes. I've gone through it beforehand. We're going to look at creating uh, some different features. We're going to use some random dice, and we're going to put our heads together and come up with some interesting aspects of a city. Now, where you we are in the campaign is nowhere close to any sort of city of of you know suitable size or or, or of interesting size. So you the think largest right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Uh, what I've done is picked one of three cities that are on the outskirts of the western wastes. One of them is south, one of them is north, and one of them is west. Oh, and actually, let's use this time to also just talk about what I would normally do when I'm fleshing out a city. So mm. if you are listening in and you are DMing or you are playing or considering DMing, what this is very useful for, what the, what I found the book to be very useful for is not only in, in the in the raw creation of your homebrewed city, but also as a way to flesh out any city that your players are currently adventuring in or going to or even hearing about, because the more you know about a city, the more sort of activities or events or effects it can have regardless of where the players are. So having more details about one of the cities is is a great way to add life into the, uh, whether it's a homebrew world, Forgotten Realms or or Midgard, wherever you are, this is a, a, a actually a very useful guide. So let's start right from the top. It is pretty cool that they just like yeah, they give you this because normally you would just, you know, at least the way I do it, I start with like the bigger continent and then work my way in. Whereas like this one can give you all the details and stuff, which like you don't really find many other places. Right. And it doesn't matter how much prep, like there's tons of things written about Waterdeep in the Forgotten Realms because yeah. mm-hmm. it's been around for 30 years. You know, there's just so many adventures and books and references and all that kind of stuff. But it's very easy for the players to come up with a question <laughs> or to ask something mm-hmm. that is not in any of the thousands and thousands of pages. Yeah, yeah. It's like with a place like Waterdeep, there's some pressure to know all the answers because surely the answer exists. Versus right. this, it gives you a framework to build something on and then you can improvise mm-hmm. your way through it and feel ownership over <laughs> Which you're it. always going to do. Which, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely are going to improvise through much of the material. What this allows you to do is sort of flesh out what you've improvised or to expand on things that you've come up with beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so the three cities, and I'll let you guys pick. I'm not going to tell you where the cities are or uh-huh. which ones we're more likely to go to because we don't know. But the first one is the city of Savoyn. Wait, we know that one. Do we? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's where Isabella is. All right. The next one is the free city of Salzbach. Salzbach? Salzbach. Salzbach. Yeah, yeah. Where is he oh. back from? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that the quality we're going to get for the whole thing? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, top tier. And the last one is Borgund. Borgund. That- Borgund. Gund. <laughs> I'm trying to f- think of a pun for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I feel that you're sort of like, you're sort of inflecting them with some um, character traits here, just by the way you're <laughs> yeah, saying you're... them, Kevin. Well, I they are. I, uh, it is influenced by my vision of Midgard map and me approximating it back to European countries. So, yes, right. I, may be, I may be adding a certain inflection that you should ignore. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Ig- okay. Ignore some of what I'm saying as you normally <laughs> do oh it's gonna be hard to ignore some of what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) i don't know diego what do you think oh i'm feeling sal's back i kind of like feeling sal's back let's do it it's meant to be and how did you say it kevin sal's back sal's back okay i'm flashing back to that austrian city that's Salzburg? Yeah, Salzburg. <laughs> Salzburg oh. is where they have the Sound of Music tours, by the way, just as an aside. You can really? go through and, yeah. Oh, and wow. you can sit in the carts and go on a Sound of Music tour while you're eating Mozart Kulgen. What? I don't know what that is. Mozart Kulgen. <laughs> Some sort Mozart of cookie? Kulgen? 
Mozart it's cookie? It's candy based on Mozart. His, his gluten. It's his, yeah, gluten. <laughs> Mozart's gluten. Kugeln. 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 <laughs> I don't remember. It was a long time ago when I was in Salzburg. But now we are at the free city of Salzburg. No, Salzburg. No, we're not. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, wait a <laughs> Uh-oh, we've made a terrible mistake. Okay. So, if I got indication that the characters were drifting towards the free city of Salzburg, or there was something that was driving them there based on some something that happened inside the adventure, the very first thing I would do would be to go back to the Midgard map on the Kobold Press website and look at sort of the features, look where it sits, look what's in the surrounding area. Probably the next thing I would do would be then to look in the Midgard world book to see what was written about Salzbeck, which may be a lot or maybe a little. We're going to assume it's a little for this thing, but obviously that may not be the case. Mm-hmm. And then I would search on the Cobalt Press website for all the very free, various freestanding articles to, again, glean whatever details I could. When you say what's in the vicinity, what are you specifically looking for? Ruins, mountains, rivers, cliffs. Anything that was sort of unique features, right. because sure. some of, sometimes those things will affect the city itself. Yeah, like jobs and trading and... Yeah, yeah. And all of that kind of stuff. It may affect some of the things that we're rolling on and some of the things we're talking about, but let's, we'll leap into that. Saul's back, baby. So I have a bunch of tables to roll. Do you guys want to yes. each roll and then we'll pick the most fun one? Or do you want to alternate rolls? Ooh. Mm. Let's see how it goes if we both roll and then we pick one of two. Well, that's interesting. One of the first things that I will do on top of sort of looking at what resource material is available is I will just do a brainstorm of a bunch of random ideas. None of them are necessarily kept, but all of them could lead to things. And whenever I'm using a tool like the Campaign Builder, we use the roles more as inspiration, not necessarily as, uh, you know, it's not mm-hmm. obviously not fixed. Because what we're trying to do is create things that are interesting and distinctive, but also manageable within the, uh, with, within the campaign world. Also, of course, it also has to have its own logic inside your world. So it doesn't have to have our reality based logic, but it has to have its kind of own logic. It's kind of similar to like building your own character. There are suggested yeah. characteristics and stuff like that, personalities or whatever. And I, I do this. I, I'll roll and see like what it falls on and then be like, well, okay, maybe a little bit more like this than yeah. what it says on the page type of situation. Right. Yeah, it's fun to do something random and then grow from there. Mm-hmm. Or to use it to add unknown quirks. And it yeah, works totally. really well with lands and cities and stuff as well. Because they may be, I mean, we'll get into this, but maybe they're a landlocked city, except that one of their main exports is fish. So how does that work, right? And figuring out how do you, does that work at all or you cannot make it work? How does that work? <laughs> I have a lot of ideas about how to make that work. Okay. <laughs> fish right. rain every 5th of fish September. Fish rain, absolutely. We got really deep <laughs> yeah. wells and there are fish living in them. We've got fish people who, you know, um, offer themselves Ooh. up. For sacrifice. I don't know. Emma, Lots of ideas. I won't play in one of your games. <laughs> <laughs> They're a mess. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, let's roll dice. Let's, let's roll dice. Let's start with a... Oh, I'm sorry. Did we say we wanted to sort of roll two and pick the best or pick the most interesting? Or do we do want the, to alternate? We're going to roll and see what happens this time. And yeah, then we we'll decide. change our tactic. Yeah. All right. Well, this one is just a little table. It's only eight. It's only an eight-sider, so it's oh. pretty straightforward. I love a D8. Here we go. First roll of the table talk. If we roll the same thing, we have to go with it. Yeah, of course. All right. I rolled a three. I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the age of the city. and it- It's one year old. Well, it's kind of that because it starts, uh, number one is new community, unplanned and organic. And a three is a young community, which is also unplanned and organic. And number eight would be an ancient community that has been planned and laid out. Right. What was one again? One is brand new community. Number three is a young community. That's the other great thing about the book is that they will... Unlike a lot of these kinds of similar city generators, 
Uh, and I'll talk about a couple at the end of the podcast, but unlike a lot of those, this has long descriptions and explanations as to what they mean and how mm. that may affect the city. So for like a new community, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's small. No. It's not like a village. Right. Not necessarily anyway. Right. And we're going to, uh, although that uh, is part of the roles you can create, you could create a a, a place and decide whether it was a thorpe, a village, a hamlet, a town, a city, a megapolis. What's a thorpe? A thorpe is like smaller, the smallest thing. It's like three houses. <laughs> I've never heard that word before. A thorpe? Me? Yeah, me neither. No. It's fun to say. You guys could take a minute and thorpe. say it if you want. Th- I, thorpe. Thorpe. It's not that fun to say. I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it's fun to say on its own, but like when you put it in a sentence, it might be my tongue might get tied. Yeah. So. I'm going to (laughs) not. I'm going to not. I'm going to not. Okay, so with a new community, most new cities begin organically gathered at a resource like a spring or near timber or at a crossroads where many travelers pass or at the top of a hill or a ridge or an inn may have started there and it's built out around the inn. Whoa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, the example they use would be like the uh, gold rush in the, you know, up in the north where towns sprung up overnight and there's no necessarily organization aspect to it although if it was a planned aspect then it would be more like a settler like the you know settlers coming in and laying out a community very precisely mm. yep a young city just to give you a difference <laughs> well it says typically new cities eventually grow into young cities which yeah, we would have sense. probably figured out <laughs> on our yeah. own the difference would be is that there starts to become more and larger permanent structures. Public buildings and construction materials often improve. So the new city would have more of a frontier feel. This mm-hmm. is me just extrapolating. Mm-hmm. And the young city becomes more established on its own. So given that, do we want to go with new and, and the free city of Salzburg is literally like a frontier city on the edge? Of the Wasted West, or do we go want to go with a slightly more well-established young city? Emma, you call it. Young city. Young city. And it's Salzburg, not Salzburg, which is a place in Austria. <laughs> Did I say Salzburg? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean exactly, a free city? I would think, and this is just me extrapolating, I haven't read through Midgard, but I would see a free city as being independent from the surrounding countries. Uh, so um, I can't think of a free city in real... Uh, Singapore is sort of a freestanding city. The Vatican. Right. Singapore and the Vatican. <laughs> Although with both of those, they are planned cities as opposed to organic, which is what this one is. I have back. lots of ideas as to why this might be organic. For example. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'll save it. I'll save it. Here's an organized list. <laughs> so now we are going to figure out what is the city's primary function? Urban centers do not spring up randomly. A civilization needs a reason to settle in the specific area. So this is a 20-sider. Oh, so the big boy. Tw- <laughs> yeah. You do it, Emma. You don't want to roll one too? No. <laughs> oh, you scared of your D20s? So did, yeah. Well, I didn't roll great, but it doesn't oh, matter. Shit. I rolled perfect. It's a six. When, when, where's Maddie when you need her? Yeah, bring on the 20s. <laughs> so this city is, oh, the timber in this region is particularly well suited mm. for constructing sailing ships down river. Oh. I hope there's a river nearby. Otherwise, <laughs> my God. But oh, there is now. Well, no. See, if there isn't, then there's a whole other thing that- and They got to move those logs over land. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So like very straight, kind of uh, tall trees, like the long, like the redwoods that oh. you can carve a canoe out of. Like or... Chesky's got very good posture. Yeah. Tall. Um, oh, boy. In New Zealand- they use the the kauri trees because they're so big and so straight. Oh, use them for for boats, which is how they became seafarers. That's amazing, fun yeah. and educational podcast today. The more you know, yeah. <laughs> that's good. And and what that does is it immediately starts to flavor 
a revision of Salzbeck, right? Mm-hmm. Tastes so good. They could be they could be transported via air, via magic. Ooh. Mm. Right. Airships. Maybe <gasps> airships. it's not sailing. Yeah, maybe it's airships. And so it's more like a balsa wood mm-hmm. that is strong and light. We better roll some more dice. <laughs> that the fish people offer themselves up for. <laughs> the fish people. The fish people go up in the sky and then create the fish rain. Yeah, they they poop out the babies and feed the rest of the town. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> All, All right. Two girls? <laughs> I'm not sure about uh, let's not let's not even dig in. Pooping babies? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then it talks about what that would mean. So from the lumber aspect, you know, how you can use it. And it leads right into trade goods. Trade goods. Now, so there's different trade goods based on regions, and they have things like forest. Agriculture, coast, desert, mountain, jungle, tundra. I think we should go with one of each, and then we'll make it fit in. Mm. So, Diego, I'll get you to roll the first. It's a D8. D8. Four. Grapes. Grapes. Wine. Maybe in this area, it's not grapes. Maybe it's berries. But regardless, wine and grapes are a big thing. You can make wine out of other... Out of berries. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Emma, a D4 on a coastal trade good we're going to make Just work. Just a little guy. The- <laughs> yeah. One. <laughs> okay, this is very interesting. It's salt. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm getting lots of, like, Peru vibes here. Oh. Okay, next very one. Very good. Uh, this is a D6, Diego. D6, here we go. That's a six. Hey, max damage. That's a six, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's salt again. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> it's salt again. So they get definitely- salt and salt. So they well, have a lot of salt. What terrain was that for, that D6? Desert. Desert. Okay, yep, 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 yep. All right, now we're into the forest terrain. I'll get you to roll me a d6. Oh, Ilex loves rolling for the forest. Six! Tell me it's hey! salt. Better salt. be fucking salt. <laughs> it's mushrooms. Ah! Oh, that's great. I love mushrooms. That's good stuff. Uh, I'm a white woman who's alive in 2023, <laughs> and so I love mushrooms. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was amazing. That's so good. So we'll, we'll say that there are two types of mushrooms that are a delicacy from the Salzbeck. So these will be called, we'll come up with a name with them later. But right now, Diego, describe for me how one of the mushrooms looks. Um, It's short. It grows only about two and a half inches tall, but it's got a very wide head shaped in a in a triangle um and it's a pale brown all over from root to top i don't know what the top of a mushroom comes uh it smells the crown thank you the cap the cap the cap oh yeah yeah okay guys i'm getting mixed information here somebody (laughs) (laughs) get in the comments no that's i can't say that that's not my thing that's taken um what does it smell like? It smells like. Mm, <laughs> it smells like oranges. Oh my god! I was about to say oranges. Oh, we're on the same page today. I don't know what's happening here, but we need to play fast. We can't <laughs> let this chemistry go to waste. To cells back. <laughs> okay, Emma, tell us yeah. about the second mushroom. Uh, it grows like a truffle, so like fully underground. Um, but instead of being found by smell, like a truffle is, you discover them by, um, sound. Yeah. Like low range sonar. (laughs) Oh, range sonar. So like whale sounds. You gotta put your ear to the ground type of situation. And sometimes like if you're sitting there, you might feel them vibrating when they're ripe. (gasps) And there's something very sort of like enthralling about them so like you want to dig them up same way a truffle like smells so good you want to dig it up 
these mm. like sound and pulse in a, an alluring sort of way. So is there is there anything magical about them? Um, I bet people sort of mystify, like um, yeah, yeah, create myths, myths about, about it. them. Yeah, but remains to be seen whether or not they're actually magic. Mm. And they are pale blue. And if you eat them, they make you quite sick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> make you quite sick. Yeah. Maybe they're like peyote. Maybe they're for for going on spirit yeah. quests. Yeah, they're meant to be mm. like enjoyed auditorily, not... <laughs> oh, so they... Do they continue to make their sounds after they're plucked? Yes, they want to be plucked so that they can spread their spores. <laughs> yeah, people have asked them and they, they say, pluck me. Yeah, or so they, they want to be dug up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or pluck each other, which is kind of they what people like other. to do when they're listening to the mushrooms. You know what I mean? Are we are we drifting into like the last of us here or is that where we're going? <laughs> um, they're an aphrodisiac, they want... okay? They're... <laughs> But don't eat them. Listen to them. I don't know. Put them on your no, stuff. No, that's excellent. That is excellent. <laughs> it is excellent because it if they are an aphrodisiac that want to be and they they're perfect trade good. These are probably like the premier item in all of salt spec. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next Very one. Horny society because of these <laughs> mushrooms. I guess maybe no, they're ultra rare though. Maybe they only maybe oh. that. Uh, <laughs> no, so I heard, we, we all yeah, heard we the idea We got a lot of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. The next one, we are at uh, the jungle, Diego. The jungle. What do I roll here? Uh, Six-sider, please. Games. Four. Once again. Cooking and healing herbs. Great. This is trade, right? Yeah. Trade goods. Oh, this good. is such Peru vibes. Mm-hmm. Their their food is delicious. They got they got stuff underground. Unique, unique, unique things grow there. New York, New York, unique New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was there. I haven't used it in thirty years, but I it's personally popped into my head. Okay, uh, next one is uh, probably the only one we should have really rolled on the mountain one. Emma D six <laughs> one D six three. Diamonds and emeralds. Oh. Ooh. This also has Africa vibes. This is all very exciting. I'm so excited mm. to go to Salzbach. <laughs> yeah, we're, we have to visit now. We have to go. There was that one restaurant review on TripAdvisor for Salzbach, and Chisk, we have to go. <laughs> Popped off. <laughs> uh, the last one is the Arctic or the Tundra. We're going to skip that one because we got – there's too many trade goods now. Red lots. Yeah. We have grapes or some sort of wine, mm -hmm. diamonds, herbs, yeah. lots of salt, and two very distinctive kinds of mushrooms. They got to season their food. Yeah. Lots of yeah. salt. So I will get you, Diego, to roll me a four cider. We're going to see, we're going to see how big. This isn't the exact dice, but we're going to fudge the dice to see how. <gasps> no, not fudge. Fudge the table, not the dice. <laughs> Tell me how big of a city Salzbeck is. So this is a table where you would normally roll, and it starts at Thorpe. It ends up at Metropolis. <laughs> but we are only going to use the bottom half of, of this dice. So the four largest choices, you Just can tell me. Four. Yep. Three. Three. So it is a large city. <gasps> large, young, free city. Mm, yep. Okay. Large, young, free city. What is uh, the seat of Mavros considered as? I would say it's a village, maybe. Oh. But like ancient, right? Ancient. Yeah, the yeah. saint of Mavros would be ancient. It's temporary, right? It's a tent city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am going to get to do some math here. I will get you to, uh, Emma, roll me a 20-sider. Coming right up. Four. So the city is 14,000 people. That's that's 14, a city. 14,000. Yeah, okay. 
So our place is like big but sparsely populated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because remember, we're we're working off sort of medieval models here. It's like, so a metropolis is more than thirty thousand. A large city is oh. ten to thirty thousand. Okay. 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 Now we're going to talk about what kind of government. It's a f- okay. It's a free city. Let's see how we can justify this. Uh, who's who's up? Are, we, are you guys going to both? All right, no, Diego. Oh, well, let's, well, let's both do roll. It. Let's because, both roll. Okay, this one ten cider, justify. please. Ten cider. Ten. The hell are they? So, okay. zeros and ten. Yes? Whatever yes. you want, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's you're saying it's one to ten, not zero to nine. I can work with either. Okay. <laughs> nine. Two. Oh, what a spectrum. All right, two is a democracy. Nine is a stratocracy. 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 Does Cobalt Press provide you with a definition of what the hell that is? (laughs) They do. That's again. That's one of the things I really like. I really like about this book is that they have a couple of paragraphs description about all of them. So they have a corp, a corporatocracy. They have a pedocracy. Pedo, pedocracy. That's not that we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, that one better be run by children. It's, tell me it's run by children. Uh, yeah, yeah it's actually the alternative. Run by pedocracy teachers? is a government formed by the wise and the learned. Yeah, okay. That's all not right. what it sounds like. It's no, it not isn't at what all. It sounds like. <laughs> all right, a stratocracy is government is ruled by the military. Oh, mm-hmm. so it can be either a well-disciplined marsh. Martial culture mm-hmm. with respected tr- strategists or a despotic <laughs> military dictatorship. Ooh. Or a democracy. Okay. So- or a democracy. Or a democracy. Yawn. Well, <laughs> free city makes me think like they're standing their ground against something, right? Um, sure. So I, as much as like I don't like – I military don't love the idea. governments. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be something that they're trying to protect or like we know how to deal with whatever These resource management we have. Corny mushrooms. With the with the hot mushrooms better than the surrounding country. So we are a republic. <laughs> we know we know what to do with these mushrooms. If it ever got in the wrong hands, we'd have a Last of Us situation. Yeah. There would be war. <laughs> yeah, war. as the piney would say. As the piney would say, there would be war. All right. So, which one are you guys leaning towards? I don't know, Deeks. What do you think? Stratocracy. Oh, stratocracy for is sure. That, is that what it's called, Kevin? Yeah. Also makes it a little harder on Kevin, which I enjoy. <laughs> to have to write that word down and say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and pronounce. Stratocracy. Yeah, stratocracy. <laughs> <laughs> Stratocracy. You're, you're doing great. Easy. Yeah. yeah. What, natural. like it's hard? Yeah. Like it's, it's easy. It's not Dias Pet. <laughs> Dias Past. All right. We are jumping now to the level of magic. So, Whoa. again, in the book, they sort of have four or five levels of, you know, magic is everywhere to magic doesn't exist. So, obviously, we'll, we'll sit somewhere in the middle of that. Or actually, we'll yeah. – you know what? We were going to let that happen randomly. Yeah, let's find out if it's no magic. Yeah, maybe they don't. They outlawed magic. Yeah. What they what they do, which is again, I love, is they say, okay, if you have a low magic society, this is what you should expect, and this is what you should think mm. about, and here's how things could change or be affected that you should be aware of. If you have a high magic society where everybody is is you know a wizard or whatever, then you guys should think about this, and you know, wh- so it's it's great how they've they've really spent the time to sort of th- plot this out, and so there's there's very uh, it reduces the chances for unintended consequences at least until you introduce players into the game players playing a game of dungeons and dragons (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so i'm going i'm going to say let's do a 12 cider for this emma please go no diego's Diego's turn oh me we both rolled no we did it yeah you go you go you go you go okay i go i go ah which one do i want this one eight so that is Magic is limited. So okay. there is uh, magic is everywhere, magic is limited, and magic is restricted. Mm-hmm. Diego, do you want to put your two bits in? No, but here's what I was going to say. We could make it more interesting if each of us has one veto. 
<gasps> Veto. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. For like the roles. I don't, I'm not saying we should, I want to do that now. At this minute, you mean? Not, I don't want to use my veto on this one. Right. So, so you're, yes. you're happy to leave it at as limited. Yes. I like that. They have a lot of firmly terrestrial goods to deal with. Magic complicates oh. things. Maybe they got burned by magic users in the past. And so they're like really clamping down on it. I'm sorry, you guys. Let me. Oh. Uh, this oh. is a two part. This is a two. You can use this table two ways. The second way is they blend all of these tables together in percentile dice. Do you want to do that and see what mm. comes up? Yes. Sure. I want to roll all the dice forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Roll me then percentiles, Emma. Percentiles, Emma. Yes. Sure. Metal dice. 65. The 65 gets us the local system. Cisterns are inscribed with magical runes to clean and purify the city's water. Now, why would they do that? They would do that so that they can make amazing wine. Ah. Yes. And they had to choose a spot hastily, but they could use their limited magic to purify the water. And their limited supply of water as well. Yes. Because they're not near any rivers, are they? We don't know because we haven't looked at the map. (laughs) But we could say that they discovered maybe it was originally a military outpost. And they put the military outpost there because they found these great pools like like Dune of underground water. Mm. But the water itself doesn't taste very good. But there is a ton of it. Yep. That's cool. So they purify it. Pump it out, purify it. And it wasn't until they were able to purify the water and make it taste better that the city exploded because of all these other trade goods it had. But it had such shitty water, that's why it's still a relatively young city. Nobody wanted to live there. Yeah. Because the water smelled like farts. All right. So now we're going to jump to some land features of the city. So that might tie in nicely to what we're just talking about. Oh, interesting. Okay, so these this is something that is uh, unique or distinctive about the city, and I think we should have two of them. So you guys each roll me a d20. Oh, I was so ready to roll percentiles. Okay, I'll adhere to the rules this one time, Kevin. I rolled a seven. I rolled a seven. <gasps> okay, so perfect. Double the land <laughs> structure. This is fortified walls, which ties in so nicely to our military complex. Let's say that it's famous for its security because it has these double ring of fortified walls that are, that are, you know, 40 feet high and 30 feet thick. And they are 30 uh, feet thick. Yeah, sure. That's so thick. (laughs) That's absurdly thick. thick. That is so thick. If I had a dollar, every woman. (laughs) Absurdly thick. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't, if you Um, think it, if you, if you think it's too thick, we can make it thinner. I'm not using my veto on this shit. I simply cannot answer that question. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But regardless, there's a double ring of fortified walls. That are obtrusive. The people who built, originally built Salzbeck were 100% con- concerned about security. I, I love that because, again, it, you can start to see what the city – we're starting to build the character of the city. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is someone could go through this exact same thing for Salzbeck as well for their own campaign and come up with something completely different, right? If we did this – if we did this again for Salzbeck, we would come up with a completely different kind of city just because mm-hmm. we're starting to add so many – nuances and details and things. And again, whether we use these things or whether we just use them as inspiration for things, it starts to to, to crystallize the, the flavor of the city. Yes. Okay, let's jump to the next thing, which is resources. Didn't we already do resources? Um, yes, but this isn't talking about actual resources. This is basically talking about how many there are of the resources. Okay. Uh, this is just a D4. So, Diego, just do a, a little toss. Two. Uh, the city might have most of its needs covered, but it lacks in one or more core elements of value. So there is some something that they desperately need. Well, if I play Catan enough, I would say they're <laughs> seeming to be missing wheat. 
I was going to say sheep. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're all vegetarians. Or maybe it is sort of low on agriculture, on basic foodstuffs. How do they get their raspberries, though? Well, raspberries grow wild, right? Like you can – or like yeah. grapes. If it was grapes, they grow – What if the grapes are all growing up over the walls? All the walls have are just covered mm. with vines. Interesting. Yeah. But there's not a lot of uh, like fertile soil. Yeah. That would explain all the salt. Yes. That a lot of the ground is very salty. Yeah. And, so and they, they can make great grow. salt. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why they had to enchant the cisterns. And oh, perfect. And from the enchanted cisterns, you get enchanted trees that come up with this like perfectly straight wood. wood. Yeah. Because if the ground is not great. Well, but trees and mushrooms some. grow in different places than like That's true. agricultural crops, right? Like I could see you not being able to grow wheat in the same place that you could grow trees and mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Or rice even, right? Like fun. Fun. Geography is fun. <laughs> Again, fun and educational podcast today, everybody. <laughs> I'm, I hope you're paying attention. So the next section is all about uh, different uh, districts that you can add. There's not uh, a lot of sort of random creation around that. They want you to put some thought into the kinds of districts. So they have like military districts, dock area, and you know nobility, that kind of thing. But I would definitely recommend it as a section. And they list a lot of examples. And being uh, of the lazy DM kind of mode, I would lift their examples and use them directly. Mm -hmm. I'll just Mm -hmm. say that. Because there's always going to be lots of good ideas. You don't have to use everything, obviously. But there's no point in worrying too much about it if there's a good idea sitting right in front of you. That's the great thing about Dungeon Dragon creation is you can constantly just swipe and not worry about copyright. Well, and sometimes, (laughs) like... All it takes is to read an idea. And then like we've done here, you sort of like just bounce off of it yeah. and go. And then suddenly you're, hey, look, baby, you're homebrewing. Uh, now we're going to start to look at some of the nobility of the city. So these would be people that the characters would be interacting with. The very first thing we're going to include is what makes someone noble in the city of Salzbeck. Diego, mm-hmm. roll me an eight-sider, please. Eight Cider Canada. That's a one. Education. So mm. the noble people of Salzbeck have to be highly educated. What does being a noble mean in his stri- stratocracy? It means being an officer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Military education. I think that's perfect. Now, this is, we're jumping around a little bit, but we will add this in. So what I need from you, Emma, is a six-sider. So these are things that are illegal Ooh. in Salzbach, but are <laughs> traded. Oh, but are traded, like black market stuff. Black market stuff. Oh, I like it. Three. Illicit substances. Such as? Oh. The mushroom. Oh. The underground mushroom. Yeah, yeah. Quite literally. And- yeah. And not literally, which is hypothetically. <laughs> what if it's the other mushrooms? What if it's the orange mushrooms with the triangle caps? Ooh. <laughs> brown, I like, the, brown I like the idea of the sex mushrooms being like illegal only because if we're going for like a really highly structured military thing, the fact that some people are. <laughs> Wait, are let's having- go back. Did you call them the sex mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> you I, did. I, I did. I did call them the sex mushroom, but that was just a, as as a generalization, a, a collective <laughs> reference. Sure, sure. I I don't want to rush through the rest of this, so I what I'd like to do now is probably we'll, we will just put a pause right there. We'll dig into more of it. We'll do a part two where we start to get into more of the details of these noblemen who we are now referring to as the officers. Yes. And the officers, uh, some of their, some of the things that they do and some of their military secrets. So in the next session, we'll be talking more about uh, uh, the population and society. We've talked sort of in broad terms about the city from its geography and, and its sort of, you know, the underlying economies. Now we're getting into more of the 
the actual society of the city of Salzbeck, the free city of Salzbeck. And we will use that to, again, build a base. And we'll also look at some of the other random tables. I just want to do one last thing and come up with two names for our mushrooms. So I'm going to jump ahead to our naming tables that they've created. And they've created some very interesting ones because they've created basically four items you can roll for on a single table. So there is a creature table. There's a descriptor table. There's an object table, a person table, which I think we'll skip, and an undefined. So I think for mushrooms, we should have an object and a descriptor. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can try. Let's just try it and see what we come up with. Yeah. So first one, uh, the first mushroom. Uh, I'll get you to to roll me uh, percentiles, please. Love it. Thirty-six. Sixty. All right. So thirty-six comes up with green, which isn't <laughs> nice. That's. That's not your best role, I have to say. And <laughs> not very creative. <laughs> yeah, but wait, wait till we see what's next. Mad is number 60. So let's do that again uh, for object. Percentiles again? Yes, please. Some uh, ASMR. Huh. Seven. 28. All right. So seven is blade. Mm. And 28 is drum drum the blade drum uh no they would go we would it would be called like the green blade or the green drum or the mad blade or the mad drum oh the mad drum mushroom because they make you want to jiggle 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 well that first one <laughs> okay uh that first one the wide triangle shaped pale brown that smells like oranges could be the green drum. Let's add one more. Let's add let's add the undefined. So another percentiles, please. Three. Three <laughs> is rolling so low. Bite. Mine is sixty-three. Sixty-three is path. So one of them could be called, just as an example, I'm not suggesting it, the path of the green blade. The other one could be called bite of the mad drum or bite of the green drum or the green drums bite or the mad drums bite. <laughs> you see what it sounds, it sounds like you're just like listing things in your, up in your head. That's well, I'm, really I'm saying phrases and seeing if it works with either of the things. Yeah, like the of course. Blades bite. The green blades bite sounds like, it could definitely be a sex mushroom. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Although I love the idea of the blade being the triangle one. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Uh, green blade. Oh, path of the mad blade. Path of the mad blade. Path of the mad blade. Bite of the green drum. Oh. Bite of the green drum I could still see being a sex mushroom. I agree. Bite of the green drum. It's got a bit of a fae feel to it. Yeah, like the whole idea of that. Of a, oh, although what we're talking about, remember, is music. We're talking so about music? drum, well, it's audible. It's not edible. Yeah. No, no, I know, I know. But what I'm saying is like, it has like fae feel to it. You hear this magic green drum and it it's, you, you know, you catch its bite because <laughs> I don't know. I'm just listing things. But also, mil at least the way militaries we think of in the real world are usually green. Yep. No, I mean, there's lots of military kinds of stuff in here. Yeah. And there is lots of fade that could be incorporated. Blade and drum are both excellent words to start with. And green blade, green drum, green bright, green path. Green drum sounds just like something that grows in the woods. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Especially a sonar kind of thing. Yeah. Ah, mm -hmm. it's so fun. Yeah, it, no, it, it works. It totally works. So do we want to say the bite of the green drum or the path of the green drum? Bite. I like path of the green drum. Oh, no, the chemistry is gone. I like path of the green drum, too, I'm afraid. Great. That's fine. 
<laughs> I, well, only I, because if we're doing it sort of like a no, no, a, you don't have to explain it to me. That's a my feelings are hurt, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, and so that means it's bite of the mad blade. Oh, see, that could also be a good sex mushroom. <laughs> but that one sounds like it's like bad and scary sex versus like alluring and exciting sex. Bad and scary sex. Oh, God. What have we created? And you know what? We don't have to use the same qualifier. We could say the the mad blade's bite. The mad bite's blade. Mad bite's blade. Yeah, that's good. Ah, oh, man. You you decide, Kevin. You could go on forever. We split them into into piles. <laughs> no, no. The Mad Bites Blade and Path of the Green Drum are two amazing names for these mushrooms, <laughs> and they're very evocative. What and, a way to end this episode! <laughs> yeah, but it's see, it's those kind of details because you know we haven't figured out exactly what the short, tiny, wide, triangular face, pale brown, orange smelling mushroom does, but. If this is called the Mad Bites Blade, it instantly creates all sorts of possibilities around it. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you say someone's walking the path of the green drum, <laughs> there's a whole there's could, there could be like a green light district. <laughs> oh, a green light district is very good. All right, you guys, we will leave the rest of it for now. I let's get back to this. We will look at it. This has given us a ton of stuff i will stick the uh the references that we've we've talked about into my uh log or blog on the website uh so just as we wrap up just please let everybody know where they can find you we'll start with you diego uh hey you can find me on social medias under diego Streddle everywhere instagram twitter tiktok uh twitch i'm streaming on twitch i play games tuesdays and thursdays so go check it out over there emma I'm at Cinderella B on Instagram, and that's just about it. <laughs> okay. Nice. And you can find the Diaz cast on Facebook, Twitter, uh, on the internet. You can find it diazcast.com. <laughs> Please send us a, a message if you have any questions or concerns or worries. Email me at griffin at diazcast.com. <laughs> And I will respond promptly. We also want to shout out Morgan Emter for the graphics uh, logo. I don't know the words. We uh, Also, the Art of Grillo for our character portraits and Maps and Melodies for our music. I think that's about it. And obviously, Cobalt Press. You're the best, Cobalt Press. You're the best, Cobalt Press. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Bye. We'll see you next week.